Hello, my friends, and welcome to another podcast. A podcast that promises to bring you news from around the world, hidden from the public, and for good reason, for when the public get the whole truth and not some sinister, twisted truth mainstream media throw out to keep this agenda of lies going, they will rise up against their governments and will start to demand accountability. And woe betide all those that are keeping the COVID-19 agenda of lies going. So today, I'll give you an idea of what's really happening around the world. First off, let's look at poor old Australia, where Morrison, Andrews and co are behaving like Nazis on steroids. The rest of the world needs to see what's happening down under at the moment, because the way their government is treating its citizens is astounding and it's inhumane and all because of this so-called virus. So let's look at official Australian documents on Australia's fatalities on COVID. Australia's COVID case fatality rate in percentage. Right, so you've got these different age groups. So zero to nine, not one person in Australia has died from COVID. <clears throat> Age 10 to 19, 0.004%. Age 20 to 29, 0.01%. Age 30 to 39, 0.02%. Age 40 to 49, 0.04%. Aged 50 to 59, 0.1%. Uh, the 60 to 69's age group, 0.21%. The 70 to 79 age group, 0.42%. The age group going from 80 to 89 is 0.79%. And the over 90s, is 1.02%. So that is from the health.gov website in Australia. So these figures are actually lower than the flu fatality rate year after year in Australia. And you don't really have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out what's going on. But they still treat COVID like the plague. So let's have a little listen to Michael Gunner, the Chief Minister of the Northern Territory in Australia. And you know what? He doesn't sound very concerned about people's health. Simply not wanting the vaccine is not a reason. Today, we're also announcing the date from which this mandate comes to effect. From Saturday, the 13th of November, if you have not received at least your first dose of a vaccine, you will not be permitted to attend your workplace in that role and a failure to comply with the direction is a $5,000 fine. That means that workers must have received at least their first dose by Friday the 12th of November at the latest. You have 30... Rightio, mate. No, he doesn't sound too much of a caring person to me. He's just another tyrant eaten up with power and seemingly enjoying dishing out his punishment of 5,000 Australian dollars to anyone 
who doesn't want to enter into a medical experiment or a clinical trial, as I like to call it, where no one knows the long-term effects this will have on the human body and a pretend vaccine that doesn't stop you catching a virus and it doesn't stop you spreading a virus. So when in the history of vaccines has that happened, this is the first time I'm, I'm led to believe. So a useless vaccine that we're being forced to take. Well, if you're living in Australia, it seems that way at the moment. So in other words, totally useless and dangerous. But hey, Australians, this man, Michael Gunner, he's got money to earn and he's got a family to feed. So go out and get the shot and help support him. <laughs> get fucked, Gunner. You are one of the first the mob will want to deal with when the masses wake up. And I, for one, won't want to be in your shoes when they finally do. Does this man not realise all the people in hospital at the moment suffering with supposed COVID are the fully vaccinated? And if you don't believe me, let's listen to the Vice President of the United States of America saying the exact same thing live on TV. This, this, this Delta variant, it spreads faster and it is in many cases reported to be much more serious in terms of its impact. And the vaccine will protect you from it. And here's how I know. Virtually every person who is in the hospital sick with COVID-19 right now is vaccinated. I'm going to repeat that. Virtually, it's a fact. Virtually every person who is in the hospital right now sick with COVID-19 is vaccinated. And even more, regrettably, virtually every person who has recently died from COVID-19 was vaccinated. The loss, the tragedy of that loss, literally every person who has died from COVID-19 that we have recently been seeing was vaccinated. So it is time, and it is time to roll up your sleeves and get the shot. So, Kamala Harris, is it either all the people in hospital at the moment suffering with supposed COVID are the fully vaccinated? Or is it possibly all the people in hospital at the moment are in hospital because of the vaccine? It's the vaccine adverse reactions that um, putting people in hospital and you're just calling it COVID-19. So keep that fight going, Australians. The whole world's looking at you at the moment in disbelief, but we're all on your side and we're waiting to see how you deal with things because it's happening there first and you might just pave the way for the rest of the world. Now we're going to have a look at Ireland. <clears throat> now I love the Irish people. They are absolutely fantastic people. They're kind. They're funny. They're the life and soul of the party. And they've been protesting as well. So I'm going to take you to an Irish protest 
and we're going to pull one man out of the audience and listen to what he's got to say. Yeah, yeah. We're here outside the doll today, lads, because um, we're living in very precarious times. We're living in an inverse world in which the suppression of vital information, which is of uh, public worthiness, is being suppressed by the legacy media. I don't even call them mainstream because they're all going to collapse like all the corrupt institutions that are going to collapse when this great light comes out. Um, there's serious vitriolic anger in the air. Um, and it's going to manifest and it's not going to be good for any citizens. We aren't here. This is not a lunatic fringe. This is people who are very well versed, very well researched and are aware as to the plans of the global elitist cabal that have plans over the course of this decade to completely abolish every single element of the concept of freedom. Um, it's the freedom of your own body, freedom of bodily autonomy, the freedom of travel, uh, the freedom of association, the freedom of human expression. They want to incorporate people into a transhumanist movement. And whilst that seems very far-fetched for a lot of people, it's what they have in plain sight. Go look at UN Agenda 21, look at UN Agenda 30, look at the WEF. It's all there in plain sight for the average Joe Soap to find out this information. And how it's going to manifest, I do not know. But I do suspect that the human spirit is going to rise up against this tyranny over the course of the next number of years. We're in World War III, uh, silent weapons for quiet wars. Um, and when this shit hits the fan, when people realise what's actually been done, they're going to want their pound of flesh. They're going to want their pound of flesh and they're going to stand here. And, they're going to, and it's for everyone's children, the guard's children, the special unit's children, absolutely everyone's children, because future generations will have absolutely nothing. They will not have ownership over their own bodies. They will not have ownership over their own future. They can only dream of owning a property. You know, the WEF was the number one plan until 2030 is you will own nothing and you will be happy. You know, that's, that's pure communism, lads, you know. If you don't, if people, if this, if people don't own any resources, who does own it? The state, a state which is a bastion of corruption, which is a banana republic in terms of a lack of accountability. Who is holding these bastards accountable? Who the fuck is holding these bastards accountable? I tell you who's going to hold them. The people of Ireland will. And when the people of Ireland wake up, by God, there's going to be hell to pay. There's a reason we've been so docile and placid, but it's very inherent as part of the Irish psyche that we tolerate a lot of oppression. But when we snap, we'll fucking snap. You'll be there with us. Thank you very much. I couldn't have put that better myself. Well done to that Irishman. So, Italy. What's happening in Italy at the moment? Well, a fight back is being fought and by an unexpected organisation, the Italian Institutes of Health. So let's have a look at what they're saying. The Italian Institutes of Health has drastically reduced the country's official COVID death toll number by over 97% after changing the definition of a fatality to someone who died from COVID rather than with COVID. So Italian newspaper Il Tempo reports that the Institute has revised downward the number of people who have died from COVID rather than with COVID from 130,000 to under 4,000. Yes, you read that right, or you heard that right, actually. It turns out that 97.1% of deaths attributed to COVID were not due directly to COVID. Of the 100, 
and 30,468 deaths registered as official COVID deaths since the start of the pandemic, only 3,783 are directly attributed to the virus alone. All the other Italians who lost their lives had from between one and five pre-existing diseases. Of those aged over 67 who died, 7% had more than three comorbidities and 18% at least two. According to the Institute, 65.8% of Italians who died after being infected with COVID were ill with arterial hypertension, uh, that's high blood pressure. 23.5% had dementia, 29.3% had diabetes, 24.8% uh, atrial uh, fibrillation, add that to 17.4% that had lung problems and 16.3% that had cancer in the last five years and 15.7% suffered from previous heart failures. Now that is drastically different to what they first predicted, uh, reported. The Institute's new definition of a COVID uh, death means that COVID has killed fewer people in Italy than the average bout of seasonal flu. If a similar change were made by other national governments, the official COVID death toll would be cut by a margin of greater than 90%. Don't expect many others to follow suit though, given that governments have invested so much of their authority in hyping the threat posed by the virus. For example, behavioural psychologists in the UK worked with the state to deliberately exaggerate the threat of COVID via unethical and totalitarian methods of propaganda in order to terrify the public into mass compliance. And guess what? It worked. A survey conducted after the first lockdown found that the average Brit thought 100 times more people had died from COVID than the official death toll. Now we come under, uh, now we come to understand that the official killed by COVID and not killed with COVID figure is less than one tenth what it officially reported as the total COVID death toll. Despite the change, Italy may yet take the decision to make the COVID-19 vaccine mandatory. After all that, how bizarre the actions of the Italian government, they still want to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine. Although how such a scheme would be imposed remains unspecified. Okay, so that is what's happening in Italy. And now Japan. Right. Japan has said a massive fuck you to Big Pharma, well done Japan, and told them they've had enough of their Big Pharma intimidation. Um, ivermectin was discarded unceremoniously till now, but Japan has demonstrated that the drug can be used as a more effective cure and a permanent substitute for the coronavirus vaccines. Well done, Japan. 
in fact, you know, one of the first governments to actually stand up to Big Pharma and say, I'm not going to take your billions of pounds in bribes and keep your agenda going. So big up to Japan, man. Well done. Well fucking done. This podcast is reaching far and wide at the moment. And I want to thank everyone for listening. I'll give you a list of countries now listening with a big thank you to each and every one of you. Right, so this podcast now goes out to England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales, the United States of America, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, Germany, the Netherlands, South Africa, Ireland, Greece, Denmark, Sweden, Malaysia, Romania, United Arab Emirates, Italy, Finland, Spain, Uganda, Cyprus, Mexico, Slovakia, Australia, the Northern Mariana Islands, Pakistan, Ecuador, Bulgaria, Costa Rica, Portugal, Tanzania, Argentina, Indonesia, Japan, Singapore, India, Norway, Hong Kong, France, Jamaica, Brunei, Kenya, Switzerland, Thailand, Eswatini, Belgium, Cambodia, Estonia, Luxembourg, Poland, Croatia, Chile, Israel, Nigeria, Bermuda, Russia, China, Dominica, Jersey, Lebanon, Brazil, Bosnia and Herzegovina, quite a hard one to pronounce that, Um, Serbia, Latvia, and Guam. So thanks for everyone listening. I really do appreciate it. Preaching to the converted is satisfying for obvious reasons, but if you're trying to change opinions, you ought really to address those with whom you disagree. So this is an open letter to those who are either indifferent or in support of vaccine passports. So on Sunday, the 12th of September, the government announced that he had ditched plans for vaccine passports. That's the UK government, by the way. Only to announce the very next day that vaccine passports remained a first line defence against the winter wave of Covid. Given the number of times the government has U-turned on this and and other COVID issues, the aim seems to be make U-turns a normal state of affairs rather than something which used to bring shame and embarrassment on a ruling party. There are few things in life of which I am certain, but the imminent return of vaccine passports is one of them. Putting aside the dizzying U-turns in a country where more than 80% of people over the age of 16, so they say, are vaccinated. We have to ask why the vaccines themselves are no longer being relied on as the first line of defence. If the vaccines themselves are not the defence, how will an app on a phone provide immune protection? Uh, Dissenters from the official narrative have watched with disbelief the mass hysteria over a virus from which 99.85% roughly of the population recover and are most suffering only mild symptoms and for which the average age of the person 
unfortunate enough to die uh, from is around 82 years old. Violently disproportionate government's response to it. The media censorship and propaganda employed to ram home the official narrative and the proposed introduction of a biometric ID system granting access to society based on medical status are all signposts of a totalitarian dystopia. George Orwell's 1984, or is it Aldous Huxley's Brave New World? I think it started out as being closer to Brave New World, but I think we're all getting there a bit closer to 1984. <clears throat> I'll carry on anyway. Voluntary informed consent to a medical treatment is a fundamental human right that was recognised and codified into law to prevent a repeat of grass abuse, uh, grave abuses committed by the Nazis during World War II. For those who seek to question the safety profile of the COVID vaccines and value their body, uh, bodily autonomy, is, it is obvious that this human right is being obliterated. My body, my choice. Not when it concerns injections of big farmers' latest offerings. The power of totalitarianism to take roots and flourish lies in its ability to delude the vast majority of people into thinking it is a necessity. Uh, even healthy state of, uh, state of affairs, it is a cruel seduction rather than a sudden imposition. It wouldn't work otherwise. The COVID crisis have paved, it's, it's paved the way for a series of delusions fueled by fear, confusion, panic and anxiety, inducing what we can only be termed as mass psychosis, in which citizens and mass are prepared to accept a loss of freedom that would never be entertained under no, normal circumstances. So here I am, barely a minute into, into the piece, getting off on the wrong foot by saying, you've been had, you're detached from reality. But how else are we to explain the impending submission of the citizens of a liberal democracy to forced medical treatments, which won't stop there, in exchange for basic freedoms that only 18 months ago were treated in the same unconscious manner as the air we breathe. It's a stunning coup, and for those professing not to understand what the fuss is all about, let's be clear. This is a massive rupture in the uh, fabric of the nation. I'd like to suggest that the main reason you can't see this is that it doesn't feel like you're being forced to do anything if having a vaccine is something you intended to do anyway. If so, then with all due respect, I think you're missing the point. The point being, we are free to choose. The debate about enforced medical treatment to keep your job is not just something on which we can agree to disagree. You're either on the wrong or right side of history on this period. End of story. So how did we get there? The erosion of individual human rights and removal of basic freedoms is typically predicted on a crisis in which a state of maximum threat is induced to produce a torrent of the negative emotions of fear and anxiety in the population. This prolonged state of heightened fear and anxiety 
is unsustainable for our mental and physical health and relief has become imperative even if it means detaching yourself from reality now and again and agreeing to measures that don't make sense in addressing the perceived threat. When we are unable to think calmly and rationally, it's all too easy for delusions to take hold in the scramble to make sense of confusing and fast moving events. After successive waves of fear, people now are only too happy to strike a bargain with the government that they have entrusted with managing the crisis, even if that bargain is a sham. The totalitarian threat, unlike the virus threat, is not vastly exaggerated. We really are in the grip of a collective psychosis in which freedom, reason and common de decency are being severely eroded. We are now transitioning from the terror phase in which the media and the government fueled um, a pervasive atmosphere of fear, falsely projecting the coronavirus as an apocalyptic threat into the totalitarian grand bargain phase. A deal is being presented in which freedom must be handed over in return for the false promise of a return to normality. Now, having rolled out its miracle cure of the vaccine, the government is hell-bent on uh, locking in vaccine passports and yet also indifferent to the fact that the vaccines do not prevent infection or transmission. The clue to understanding this indifference lies in the fact that the vaccine passport in and of itself was always the government's primary goal. But one group in particular is a barrier to that goal. The group is the unvaccinated. And they are now being maliciously projected into society as the new threat. The fly in the ointment of the government's passport plan is dissent. Enough of which would see the deal off. The most cynical and therefore predictable way for the government to squash the dissent is to let the crowd do it. The government playing the role of Pontius Pilate. It is highly likely that another crisis point will serve as an opportunity to present vaccine passports, our passports to slavery as the only way out. The public or its proxies will then give the thumbs up or down to the execution of freedom. Society is in grave danger of turning on itself, urged on by the media and the government with the government setting its sights on a biomedical security state, it's hardly surprising that the dissenters are the ones who refuse to shut up and take their medicine, literally. People raising valid questions about the vaccines are being silenced and demonized because their narrative threatens the biomedical security state, which depends on maximal and unquestioning take up of the vaccines. Whatever delusions have taken hold to provide facile explanations of the crisis and the measures employed to, to manage it. Whatever de uh, devices are used to maximize control over the population, they are all underpinned by the control of information through censorship and propaganda. Truth is more powerful than the fict uh, fictions peddled by our aspiring 
totalitarian rulers and their success is contingent on their ability to censor the free flow of information. Censorship is fast becoming the new normal and big tech is forming censorship alliances across all media. Scientific debate, which is how science actually moves forward, is being stifled as the censorship is focused primarily on medical content. Now the controlling of medical information is obviously a prerequisite for running a successful biosecurity state. The very people you elected to protect democracy here in the UK, and in fact in the US and the EU and most of the world, they're actually dismantling it, where doctors are being muzzled and the mainstream media have been actively suppressing the other side of the story. If you think that this will get better in a society which punishes people for making a personal medical choice, then you are only adding to the stock of delusions already constructed. The totalitarianism on the horizon is nothing short of a sick transformation of society that will see a ruling elite defined, defied through the granting of excessive power, while we are infantilized into obeying whatever decrees are issued regardless of their intrusiveness or impact on personal liberty. The ultimate delusion is that security and a peaceful life will ensue from the surrender of power and freedom to the government. The order of a totalitarian world is a pathological order insisting on strict conformity and blind obedience to the system. Totalitarianism rids the world of the spontaneity that produces many of life's joys and the creativity that drives societies forward. Stagnation, destruction and death on a mass scale are the consequences. So to investigate the nature of the state and its strange status as a tiny minority of the population that adheres to different rules from everyone else and claims the authority to rule everyone else, maintaining a monopoly on law, it strikes me as obviously implausible that such an institution has any staying power at all. It can be overthrown in an instant, simple, if people withdraw their consent. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Toodle fucking do.